this is the metaphor I like to say, or I like to use. Saying straight out of Compton is about rap music. It's kind of like saying uh, the social network is about um, social media. Never has the story of the old glory needed introduction or reduction. Just a passing on of morals from the parents to the children, generation after generation, one nation to the next. Hi, all you boys and girls out there in Oscar land. With the 2016 Academy Awards quickly approaching, I thought it would be fun to upload this bonus episode showing my thoughts on the Oscar race this year. One of the biggest controversies has been the fact that for the second consecutive year, no people of color were nominated in any of the acting categories. This discussion has been discussed at nauseam in all sorts of blog posts and podcasts. So in my constant quest to stand out from the pack, I deliberately chose not to make a regular radio film school episode about the topic. But as an African-American filmmaker, I felt I would be remiss if I didn't contribute to the conversation in some way. I had the opportunity to be on the N. Savides podcast with Nick Savides. Nick is a filmmaker and creative soul whose podcast is about collaboration. While on that show, we got to talking about the Oscars and this topic came up. Nick was gracious enough to allow me to post the Oscar discussion portion of that interview on my show. That's what you're about to hear. I strongly encourage you to listen to my full interview with Nick on his podcast. There will be links to it in the show notes. But you can find his show at podcast.nsavides.com. That's podcast.nsavides.com. We cover a wide range of topics about passion projects, networking, finding clients, processing feedback, and so much more. I also had an Oscar discussion on this topic with show regulars JD and Yolanda Cochran wherein we got into a juicy debate and discussion about the whole boycott issue. It's some great stuff and terrific points were made. We also discussed how Oscar voting works and where the focus should actually be in solving this whole Oscar so white issue. But first up is my conversation with Nick. Enjoy. We're in the midst of Oscar season Mm -hmm. and uh, a couple different nominations and whatnot. Do you have any films that you particularly enjoyed that and uh, it, it would just be interesting to hear what of the nominations did you find memorable and why? And you can even give specific moments if you want of, of what you thought worked well. Well, honestly, this year is, is, is hard for me. because, or, or, or maybe you did not like any of the nominations. Or, no, I, or, no, I definitely like some. I definitely like some of them. Uh, I mean, this year is particularly hard because I didn't, or last year I didn't, I didn't see nearly as many of um, as many movies I would as I would like to have seen, and I think the thing that kind of like stands out the most is uh, for me are you know the controversy that's been in the Oscars this year is you know the lack of people of color in the Oscar nominations, and wherever a person stands on that, I mean that's that's an issue that you could go around in circles and, you know, at nauseam, you know, forever. Um, you know, I do think some of the movies that came out last year that had people of color, I think it would have been cool to see like a nomination from Creed or a nomination. Um, you know, I haven't seen it yet, but Idris Elba and Beast of Donation I hear is just phenomenal. Um, and, you know, one of the things about that has been like he recently won two SAG awards, which is the Screen Actors Guild. Um, one of the awards was for his role in um, Beasts of No Nation. And so, you know, for people who may not necessarily be in the know, it may be confusing. Well, how can he win the SAG award for Beasts of No Nation, 
but not even be nominated for an Academy Award. And what a lot of people don't necessarily know is, one, um, there's only like a total of maybe 7,000 some odd people in the Academy, whereas in the Screen Actors Guild, there's perhaps tens and thousands of people. So you're talking about tens of thousands of people who are actors versus, you know, maybe the number of, you know, the number of Academy members who are actors, because actors vote for actors in the Oscars are going to be minuscule compared to the number of actors who are voting um, in the, in SAG. Um, two, uh, there is the fact that a lot of the people in SAG are also in television. And so I think television has a different mindset. Um, even if you look at the kind of people in power in television versus movies, um, both for people of color and women, their television seems to be more ahead of the game. There's that thing going forward. And then three, um, I think, you know, some people have said because Beasts of No Nation came out simultaneously on Netflix and was created by Netflix, that um, the members of the Academy may not have given it as much um, credence because of that, because of that nature. Uh, Even though it did have a small theatrical release, it came out day and date with on Netflix too. So that has been one of the more interesting conversations for me regarding this whole award season versus like specific performances. Cause there's so many performances that I haven't seen yet that I still want to see. Um, but you know, when it comes to the Oscars in general, it's like one of those things where, you know, like I remember a few years ago um, when the Lego movie came out and the Lego movie, which by far was the best animated movie that year, and I think it was even deserving of a Best Picture nomination general, was it nominated for an animation. And I recently interviewed for my show uh, a woman who's head of production at an animation company, and she gave me some interesting insight being in the animation world as to why the Lego movie wasn't nominated. Um, and she said that um, it was because one of the issues was that because it was the Legos, that there is this aversion to nominating something that has sort of like a marketing bent behind it. Like it's, it was a great movie without a doubt, but it's also a movie behind the Lego marketing machine to some extent. And right. so yeah. um, there is that aspect that kind of played into that, um, uh, that played into that, that kind of affected that. So you kind of learn about those things that affect um how uh how movies are responded to by the academy and how um uh, how you can um i don't know how how you respond to what you see being based on kind of knowing what's happening behind the scenes you know knowing that the academy itself when you look at the makeup of the of the academy you have um, I think the numbers are on the line of like it's over 63% white men, basically. And so we have um, uh, a large percentage of the academy made up like that, and a large percentage of them are also older. The kind of movies that get nominated are going to be maybe different than what was more mainstream because a lot of people who are voting don't even necessarily look at the movies that they're voting on. And so 
you know, if straight out of Compton comes across your desk, you know, as a screener and you're in the academy and you're a 70 year old, you know, white man who can't at all relate to Compton, you're not necessarily going to even watch that movie. Um, and then so it's not going to get a vote or you're not going to if you haven't seen the movies that are being voted on or if you're going to tend to vote for a name that you recognize, um, that's another thing that that plays into you know the yeah. whole, the whole I, I hear you. I mean it sounds like you are a little disappointed about the some of the nominations and I can uh I can I, I hear what you're saying. I have a little bit of a different take. Oh, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, well, I mean part of it is I mean first of all, I think it is important to have a diversity of people represented, right? I'm not mm-hmm downplaying that. But I think sometimes it's, it's more a matter of just a wide variety of work out there. And, mm-hmm. you know, for something like straight out of Compton, the challenge there is it, it also deals with a subject that is, I would say, a little controversial, a little polarizing, right? And, and so sure. th- yeah. there are going to be some people who respond to that. And, and some people who won't. Right. But it is a factor, right? When you make something that certain people are going to say, well, you know, NWA, they, they did some things I may not agree with. Okay. It's, I think, valid for someone to say, hey, we're, we're going to make a movie about them. But then there are also going to be some people who say, well, I have legitimate reasons not to want to embrace this as a uh, a uh, film that I want to highlight over others. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No, I hear what you're saying. And um, it's interesting you say that because I think it really brings up a great conversation, Nick, about the role and power of art and particularly filmmaking because films – are so powerful. They're such a powerful medium. They have the ability to like move mountains, to change history and to affect how people look at things. And when you have a movie like, you know, NWA, um, if a person, have you seen it? Um, I have not. I I was curious about it. I I didn't get to it. If you liked, this is the metaphor I like to say, I like to use. Saying Straight Outta Compton is about rap music is kind of like saying uh, the social network is about um, social media. Uh, A person who wouldn't watch the social network because they think it would be a boring movie about the founding of Facebook, like that would be to me as big a mistake as saying I don't want to watch Straight Outta Compton because I don't like rap music. Straight Outta Compton is – really closer to the social network as terms of like themes, the themes of um, obviously the themes of, of power themes of betrayal, friendship, tragedy, trust, and a lot of the themes that it touches on. Yes. It's, it's um, the context is the rap world and that environment. And I think there. I think in and of itself, there is a um, benefit in understanding that world and where those people came from and why they do the things they do. 
But even beyond that, I think the themes in general that they talk about are right out of Shakespeare. And I think that, you know, if a person who's in the Academy or anyone were to not watch that movie just because they think it's just about a bunch of rappers, I think would really be missing out because it's so much more than that. I mean, there's a reason why it made a billion dollars. I mean, right, right. No, I, I'm not. I'm not no, trying I, to say people shouldn't see it. No, right, right. No, I understand what you're saying. My point is, and it's like addressing what you were saying about why someone might not want to embrace that. If their reasonings for not wanting to embrace it are along the lines of not wanting to support that kind of lifestyle or their music or whatnot, they would be um, doing themselves, I think, a disservice. They may still not like the movie. But I think they would come out of that movie realizing, like, that movie isn't a movie about, um, uh, like, either embracing that lifestyle or even or putting it forth. Uh, it's this really powerful story. Um, my point was it's sad to think that some people who might have voted for it had they seen it couldn't even vote for it because they may have had a preconceived notion of the kind of movie it was without seeing it. And so I think that is sometimes that's at play with some of these nominations where you don't see any kind of representation of people of color and not even necessarily black people, Asians, Hispanics. Um, well, but, I mean, I, I take a little bit of issue with that because oh, good. I, Inaritu has uh-huh. been nominated three years in a row now. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, it was a little irksome to me when people said, well, no, I mean it's almost like oh well, everybody is is all white. There are all these like Anglo-Saxon American Protestants. Like, well, no, I mean he's a Mexican. It's a, a different culture. He and 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 so. But that's not what people are saying, though. People aren't saying like all the controversy is not. And this actually came up in my most recent podcast too. Uh, the controversy that people are saying has nothing to do with all the nominations. It's specifically the acting nominations. The 20 acting nominations are all Anglo-Saxons. That is where all the controversy is surrounding. Sure, sure. The, a lot of the enough. technical, a lot of the technical, in fact, my latest episode, you know, Yolanda, the guest, she brings us up that um, the, you know, Enyaritu, who's, who's Mexican, uh, is nominated and she was making the point that Here's a person of color, technically, you know, he's um, uh, of Latino descent, um, nominated. And she was using him as an example of other Mexicans in the technical categories. Because she, she, understanding that the debate is surrounding the acting category, she made a point to look at the technical categories. And in the technical categories, um, a number of Mexicans were nominated. And the point that she was making she said, you know, guess which movie the, the Mexicans were nominated for? The Revenant, which was the same movie that Inaritu directed. And her point being that people of color need to um, – the biggest issue, and most people who have talked about this issue have brought this up, that the biggest issue isn't really the academy. The issue is opportunities for women, for people of color to actually – be in a position to be nominated so that there are more movies where there are people of color to even be nominated in the first place. And so when you are a person of color and you use your power in order to help other people of color 
get opportunities like Inaritu did with his movie, that was her point. And so I think I think that is really where and I think that's where people understand where change has to take place is creating those opportunities for people outside of a typical Anglo-Saxon um, uh, outside sure. who aren't Anglo-Saxon. Does that make sure. sense? And I, I grant those things. Yeah. But so, I mean, two years ago mm-hmm. you had um, Lupita Nyong'o mm-hmm. who won. Yeah. He was 12 years a slave. Yeah. Won. And, and so I think with me, it's I, I'm I'm a little wary if it's if it's mm-hmm. something like y- yes I mean I, I would like to see a, a wide range of people getting nominated right and you know last year I thought the actor who played Dr Martin Luther King did an exceptional job I mm-hmm. I would have voted for him I thought that was a great performance right but in in these discussions I don't hear people say. Okay, well, well, these are the people who were terrible, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, Bradley Cooper, he was a hack, or mm-hmm. you know, uh, some of the other folks who gave notable performances. So I don't mm-hmm. know that it's always an issue of people saying, "Hey, we're we're making choices to exclude these types of people, these ethnicities," as opposed to just saying, "Hey, there were a lot of." really strong performances and you know it's possible that there were other factors at play like like i wasn't trying to suggest with straight out of compton that it wasn't worth seeing but just that people might bring their associations with nwa into the voting process, right? Mm-hmm. So sort of like you were saying with the Lego movie, is it <laughs> right. fair that that people are saying, "Hey, you know, it was a good movie, but it's for a product and we're not we're not going to support the product." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not really fair, but it happens and it's not always about a a a race issue in my opinion. You know, no, and and I want to make a couple of distinctions. One, I personally wasn't like overtly or greatly disappointed. Like I said, there are a bunch of movies I haven't even seen yet, so I can't personally make an opinion one way or another. How I don't personally have a huge or strong opinion about the lack of certain nominations because, like, I only just saw Australia Compton a couple of weeks ago on iTunes, so. You know, it wasn't like I still haven't seen Creed yet, so I can't even really argue for. And I haven't seen Beast of Donation again. I'm just going based on what people have said. So for me personally, Ron Dawson, I don't have a big beef with how the Oscar nominations went down. Um, I think that you know that's why I think the issue is really beyond the actual nominations themselves versus opportunities, but. I don't think it's so much that people in the academy are making and I don't think people who are who do have an issue I don't think they're saying oh academy members are purposefully um well, well there were some accusations of racism I, I think some yeah, people didn't make that argument Yeah but I and so and this is such a hard topic sometimes to discuss cuz I think 
I don't think people who are who are talking about like racism in Hollywood, they're not talking about people actively saying I am not going to vote for black people or Hispanic people or whatnot because I'm a racist and I don't like people of color. They're not saying that. When people talk about racism in Hollywood or institutionalized racism, what they're primarily talking about is a general um, uh, existence or a general uh, establishment that has created that is based on the history of this country that has uh, in effect, created a system whereby people of color, and again, not necessarily just African-Americans, anyone of color or diversity, makes it harder for them to come up because all the people in power are, most of the people in power are white and a lot of them are white men. So that, when people talk about like racism in Hollywood, they're talking about more about that. They're not talking about like overt racist, bigoted studio executives who don't want you know, these movies to be nominated, they're talking about a systematic uh, existence of um, uh, of, a, of a state of being, if you will, that is based on the history of this country that stemmed from racism. So that's more of the issue that people are talking about. They're not like saying the Academy members are purposefully not voting for black folk. They're saying that because of how the Hollywood system is, people of color are, I mean, people who, you know, people who aren't part of that community, you know, white people who are looking at a ballot or are considering what movies they're going to see are, are, is inherently are going to gravitate to what they know or what they feel more comfortable with. And so because of that, you don't, you don't see diversity in the acting category. And so, when you look at the movies this year that have made a profound impact, Creed is one of them, right? The only person nominated out of Creed were, you know, Sylvester Stallone, who I, I actually hope he wins. I think he's great. I heard he was great in the movie. I want to see it. Um, and the, uh, and the screenwriters or not the screenwriters, um, uh, the screenwriter, like the screenwriter director who's black wasn't nominated, but Sylvester Stallone was. And so, when you see those kind of things happening, it does make it hard for people of color to look at all of the movies that came out last year and think that out of the 20 categories or the 20 possibilities, there isn't one Asian, one African-American, one Hispanic. I mean, I think about, um, you know, Sicario, again, a movie I only just saw, you know, a few weeks ago. But, you know, when I think about... Um, uh, you know, the performances in that movie, I could easily see, you know, uh, you know, the performances in that movie being one that would have, you know, someone uh, like, you know, Benicio Del Toro, um, Del Toro in that movie was like freaking amazing. I would have loved to have seen him get like a, a Best Supporting Actor nomination. And so it's it just when you see those kind of performances like Idris Elba, Benicio Del Toro, and all these others. It does make it hard for people who are of a colored descent to see the actor nominations and think to themselves out of all the amazing performances from people who have a darker skin tone, not one was worthy of a nomination. And yes, Nupitu Nyong'o won a few years ago. 
But sometimes when people say things like that, it's like, well, it can. I'm not saying you're saying this, Nick, but sometimes it feels like when people bring up things like that, they're saying, well, we gave a black person an award a couple of years ago. Why, you know, isn't that enough to make you happy? That's no, kind of, no, it, it's not, I, I'm not that. Saying, no, I'm not saying you're saying that, but that's sometimes how it feels like where when two years in a row you have no people of color be nominated and if a person says, but two years ago we gave it to Mpitu and Yongo, it feels like that's what it feels like. And Well, all right. So I was reading a, a study where they looked at the mm-hmm. percent of people of color who were nominated mm-hmm. and who won over like 10, 15 years. Uh-huh. And they found that the percentages were actually close to the percent of that ethnic group, right? So uh-huh. it was like, I think 10% African-Americans in, you know, 10 years mm-hmm. when they made up a- around 12 to 15%. I don't remember exactly, but sure. it-, it was something along these lines, mm-hmm. similar for people of color, uh, uh, Latino descent. Sure. And so I-, I think over time, if you look at it in a broader perspective, not just like one year or two years at a time and say, what are the overall trends? Mm-hmm. I, I think that is helpful to include because look, I think every year there are performances that I really like yeah. that don't get nominated. Mm-hmm. And it's for one reason or another, but I, I think it can be an issue if every you know, if it's an issue every two or three years, if it's like, hey, th- that could be problematic, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, I think the other thing is if if they say, okay, well, we want to make sure we always have a a nomination that front that's a, a an African American, mm-hmm. a Latino, an Asian. I think what happens then is that actually takes away from the achievements when someone does get nominated and wins, right? Like when someone like Viola Davis gets nominated or Denzel Washington, mm-hmm. if if people are saying, okay, we have to always have, you know, X number of people who are, mm-hmm. then then people would say, well, okay, that person got it because... Theory. They needed to have that. You sure. know what I mean? I totally understand what you're saying. And so, I, I mean, I think it is an important discussion to have. Mm-hmm. You're right in saying that certainly in the past, this was a, an issue that we faced as a country and that mm-hmm. we should all be cognizant of uh, the the challenges that different ethnicities face and to try to create a, uh, a, a diverse representation of what's acknowledged. Mm-hmm. But, you know, then, then again, it's, I, I think it's not always about race, right? Like mm-hmm. Creed, it's a sports movie. I like sports movies, but sports movies don't always have the same kind of, uh, critical acclaim that other movies do or you know like sci-fi right right star wars was one of my favorite films of the year man too it had it was it was a diverse film Mm -hmm. but i mean the thing is 
sometimes it feels like the the voters will not vote on something because it's like, oh, that's a sci-fi film, or that's a that's a popular sci-fi film that a lot of people liked, you know. So I, I think there are other other factors at work. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think that's why it's important not to focus too much on awards in general, because every year you can have these head scratchers um, that like make no sense. Like to this day, I still understand how Shakespeare in Love beat out Saving Private Ryan for best picture the year that they came out simultaneously, right? So you can always have stuff like that or the year that, um, you know, Lego movie not being nominated, even not even being nominated. And so I think, I think, I think that's why you always, and you don't want a situation like you said, Nick, where if you make it a rule where you have to nominate at least one black and one Latino, I mean, no one, no one who's even black or Latino even wants that. I think what people who, are calling for change are calling for and and I think you know you know the academy the changes that the academy rec- the academy recently made to address the issue they aren't saying okay you have to have at least this this and this they're trying to change the makeup of the people who actually do the voting because yeah, make it a little more contemporary that that part was like yeah that sounds like a good right. idea because no one wants a situation where you feel like the only reason why so and so gets and a nomination is because of affirmative action or something like, no, you want, you want actors and movies that are winning because they deserve it. But like you alluded to, there's so many other things that go into movies that win Oscars. I mean, the Weinstein company. And before that, when they were Merrimax notorious for like flooding yeah, the trades, like award show machine. Right. Right. And so, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I think Shakespeare in love won. It's because if you put a if you put a lot of money into sending out screeners and making sure people in the academy see your movie, um, to the point you practically shove it down their throat. Movies that maybe empirically aren't as creatively um, uh, brilliant as something else don't get the kind of recognition as something else because of that. So there there's so many different things beyond race that you could have an issue with the Academy, I mean, or other award shows. I mean, this year, the big thing of the Golden Globes was um, The Martian being nominated and winning for Best Comedy. I mean, those jokes are going to go on for years beyond this, uh, beyond this year. And so um, I think that's why it always comes back to creating opportunities for minorities, whether they be racial minorities or gender minorities to be in positions where they can at least be seen and they can at least be considered. And I think that is one of the issues and that is one of the driving changes that people who are talking are are hoping to see so that, um, and even Spike Lee talks about this, like being in a position of power so that you can make the call so that you are the person in the room who's making the call as to who gets hired, as to who gets cast, and those kind of things. And when, when A, you have more people in a minority position getting opportunities, and B, you have a voting system that makes it um, – that allows for people who are more in tune with what's going on in today's day and age to actually vote – like you see what's happening in SAG, I mean, you, you just look at the difference between the union votes 
uh, awards and the Academy Awards, you can – those are the kind of changes that I think people want to see. Um, it's not like you have to have, you know, people of a particular minority group nominated every single solitary year. Um, I think this particular year, because it was two years in a row, it just it kind of rose to the top. That's what everyone's talking about. It's the easiest thing, to, you know, it's the easiest scapegoat. But most people, even the people who are talking and debating about it, will admit that the issue really isn't the Academy. It goes beyond the Academy. Okay, so your your take on the Oscars mm-hmm. are, are, are noted. I, I get yeah. the, a, a little <laughs> bit of disappointment. But was there anything that you did like? Any uh, little detail? Any... Uh-huh. Uh, production element, just something that stuck out as being notable for you that did get nominated. Uh, See, that's why I said the problem for me is because there's so few movies that actually, you know, saw this year that, um, I mean, I I think that uh, I would love, again, I think for me, it's going to go to what didn't happen. I would have loved to have seen um, Inside Out being nominated for Best Picture, not just yes, Best Enemy. I hear you there. I, I really like that one. That one's um, that's another favorite. That of mine. was probably my favorite movie of the whole year. Um, I just think it's an amazing movie. Um, you know, so, it did get nominated for Best yes. Writing, though. So, oh, it did. Okay, I didn't know that. I, yeah, I, that's I think great. so. Yeah. Um, so again, like if you, specifically when it comes to Oscars, like my only answer is like, like I can't. Like the people who got nominated from the movies that I that I saw, where I saw nominations, I think they're justified. I mean, when I think about Inyadi two being nominated, um, uh, I know Roger Deakins was nominated for a cinematography again this year. Um, a lot of people are thinking it's going to go to um, Chivo, um, Emmanuel Lubeski, uh, for The Revenant, which I think would be his third year in a row winning yeah um, he's, he's been a, a little cinematography <laughs> factory over there right um but it would be awesome to see roger deakins win for i think sicario is what he's nominated for just because he among dps he's like so enamored he's like revered and almost worshipped and yeah. he's never he's never won so there are things so I think I'll have more And comments. he's such a classy guy too. Is he's, he really? Like I've never seen him in an interview or anything, but I can imagine him I can imagine him being one. Um it would have been cool if um Star Wars was nominated for Best Picture. I mean yeah, they, I, I you can have too. you can yeah, have up to ten nominations, but I think this year they only have eight. So I feel like there's two spots that, that and I don't know it. I don't know that formula that they use to determine like what gets nominated for Best Picture, but you know, it it kind of stings that some movies that seem like kind of fit the mold for Best Picture weren't nominated, even though there are two spots left. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I'm a maybe I'm a negative nanny on the Oscars. Yeah, I love the Oscars. I love watching it. Um, I again, I you know, I love the the award games, kind of guessing who's going to win and whatnot. I used to get into it more in my early years as a filmmaker before I was married with kids. Like I said, now it's harder to go out and see all the movies. So there's still so many movies that I haven't seen yet. So it's it's hard for me to really get on a high horse about anything. Okay. Just no, because, because yeah. I haven't seen as many movies as I would have liked to. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like with Star Wars, mm-hmm. it, it was so anticipated. Mm-hmm. And most people who 
saw it, cared about it, seemed to really like it, and it broke records yeah, on, on sale. So I feel like that is an aspect of it. If you're saying like, well, what is the most notable film? I think part of it's like, well, what did the, the people really respond to and were excited yeah. about? But anyway, yeah. I, I understand it's not people are going to be like, well, you know. My, I have some of my friends who are, are more like, well, Star Wars. I, I enjoyed that when I was like six, but no, no, I don't. Oh, really? For four, you know, that, oh. that sort of silliness. But, you need to slap them. <laughs> <laughs> no, That's don't great. slap That's, them. I would never have I, a I think I, I, That will be like, that might actually make the, the quote there, Ron, for, <laughs> uh, for people uh, like, okay. Power to the hands, power to the hands, power to the hands of the people. My full conversation with Nick ran nearly 90 minutes. Like I said, it's a great interview, so be sure to check it out. Links are in the show notes and the blog post for this episode. A popular hashtag that started last year and then it's going to raise its head again this year <laughs> is um, Oscar So White. With that excerpt, we get into my conversation in an extended Oscar So White discussion with JD and Yolanda. Expect some adult language, so be warned. Enjoy. And obviously there's a lot of discussion around this topic of lack of people of color uh, in the in the Oscar nominations this year as well as last year. What I wanted I wanted to take a little bit of a different angle, which is um like you get the impression from some people who talk about the topic that they think at least I get this impression sometimes, like they think that the Academy is purposefully keeping a brother down. Like they're purposefully not like they're a bunch of, you know, cone sheet wearing right, white guys right. down in some secret cellar, making sure that no black people get versus the reality of the situation is, you know, a majority of the Academy is basically old white men. And let me, let me roll out the staff where I'm looking at right now. It's 94% white, 77% men, 2% black, 2% Latino, and 0.5% Asian or native combined. Right. I, I'm, I'm assuming that's Native American. Yeah, yeah. Combined. So, I mean. Well, can I. So they're going to vote for. And, and the average age is 63. So that's <laughs> right. Two. Yeah. Were you going to say, yeah? Here's. I've been having this conversation since whatever day the nominations were announced in a in a group of friends that we have I have a, a group of friends that we have this ongoing never ending text chain that any day any given day or hour that a topic comes up we group text each other so we've been having this ongoing conversation about this over the last couple of days particularly with you know, the various videos coming out with Jada Pinkett Smith and then with the um, actress who played the original Aunt Liv on The Fresh Prince. And now Will Smith did um, Good Morning America this morning and talked about diversity. And so we're going to. And then we're Spike Lee's uh, Spike letter. Lee, yes, letter. So we've been having this conversation about what we think. And I've been trying to process it in my mind. And what I ended up saying this morning to them was that I feel like the conversation is not being framed properly, particularly right now among the people who are celebrities and probably have the microphone and have the opportunity to have people listen to them. And by that, I mean 
there's this focus about awards right now and the in the Oscars and the nominees and even more narrowly focused the 20 acting you know nominees in those categories and right i think we're we're focusing on the um uh how the disease is reflecting itself in you know in symptoms as opposed to what is causing it so yes this year there in the acting categories there are no um people of color there's a there you can have a debate about whether there were performances worthy of being nominated this year or not however what i would say is that the conversation needs to be turned to what are the causes of the fact that there aren't, you know, people of color nominated? How many performances were there out there? How many roles were there out there? If we're talking specifically about the acting categories, and I actually have a separate thing I want to talk about as far as Oscar nominees that since we were going to be talking about this today, I looked up, which is very interesting to my point when I get to it, which will be short, which is, how many roles are there out there available for people of color and, you know, are they being created? And, and if not, then what's behind that? Who are the decision makers who are deciding what material gets made? Um, who's going to be, you know, steering the ship on those, on those projects, meaning directors, um, producers, et cetera, et cetera. Who are the decision makers about what's being greenlit? And, and so, Without, without the material and the opportunities out there, there aren't going to be those performances, an abundance of those performances that should be legitimately considered amongst the pack. Right. Now, tangentially, just before you respond to that, I was wondering, because of the fact that, you know, Spike pointed out the acting categories and... I was thinking, you know, it's a broader discussion about the opportunities for people of color in the business. And so I looked as well at the technical categories that have been nominated. And ah. I, can, I can give you the numbers. So basically what I did is I looked at all the technical categories and I looked to see how many women were nominated and also how many people um, of, you know, other ethnicities other than, you know, just European, Caucasian, etc. I'll spare you giving you all the details of what I found, but interestingly, there are a number of, since we're talking about people of color, there are a number of Mexicans who are nominated this year. And a funny Wait, thing hold happened. On. Hold on. Just for the record, for those listening, that's not me typing, that's probably JD. Oh, sorry, are you hearing yes. typing? Yes. Oh, my bad. <laughs> My bad. A funny thing happened on the way to the theater. <laughs> yeah. You can take one. Okay. So of the technical categories, one of them, I included directing. So one of the directing nominations is a Mexican who directed The Revenant. Right. I will give you one guess as to which movie all of these other Mexicans are nominated for. The Revenant? It's the Revenant. Wow. Correct. All so, the other all the other Mexicans in the technical categories. Yes. Correct. Interesting. 
So uh, I think I see where you're going. All right, go ahead, go ahead. So, you know, what I have been saying over this course of days is it comes down to those people in positions of power and influence and who have an effect on hiring practices will then naturally have an effect on the opportunities and those number of material and performances and writing and directing and producing, et cetera, et cetera, that would be worthy of nomination. If you give those people, if you give people of color an opportunity to be able to do work, then they will naturally and organically bring people with them. But it's just not happening. Those opportunities are not coming because of the fact that the demographics that J.D. just stated, those are the people who are making the decisions about what gets made, where efforts are put forth, who gets cast, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, this year, you know, there's always snubs every year in the Oscars, and and that's across the board of any ethnicity. I think in this year in particular, I think there are, you know, a few roles that there might be an argument of of people of color who got snubbed. But there's also, I think, all the people who were nominated, bar maybe one or two, you know, um, in my personal opinion, that's just me, I think they're all worthy nominations. So oh, sure. right. yeah. I think what happened this year is there weren't a whole lot of roles in the acting roles for people of color that would be, you know, considered in those categories. So anyway, that's my yeah. long diatribe. No, that, I'll let you talk in a minute, JD, because I want yeah. um, the point you made about obviously filmmakers bringing up others. Um, I was listening to an interview with Will Smith again, on one of the business-related podcasts I listened to. And um, it was either The Frame or um, The Business with KCRW. And he specifically made that point. They were interviewing him about concussion. And, you know, he was saying, like, if you come to his offices, that you will find... I mean, he he didn't use these words, but basically he was saying you're going to find black folk there because that's, um, you know he knows that he's in a position of power and he's in a position to be able to create those opportunities for um, people of color who may not have them otherwise. So yeah, he's definitely spoken to that. And I wonder if when, you know, high profile actors, directors, producers boycott the Oscars because something like this, if it doesn't hurt the cause, because yes, in the time that they boycotted, they um, like maybe there's an article or a blog post or something about it. But it almost seems like there is an opportunity to use the whether it's the red carpet or if you're bold enough, the stage itself to make a comment about it. Um, and if everyone of color boycotted the Oscars, the audience will look more white than it probably already does. Like it's almost by taking yourself out of the equation, it's almost like helping to perpetuate the situation. Does that make sense? I mean, do you, and if so, does, what do you think about that? Those thoughts occurred to me as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, what's so funny? Not nothing. It was just... 
It's like Captain Mistress Obvious. Well, I had those thoughts too, Ron. No, but what I will say too is that that um, I want to address the word boycott because okay. Spike has now gone on record to say he never used that word, nor did he suggest that other people should be boycotting either. He just stated, I'm not going, and here's the reasons why. Jada did not necessarily use the word boycott, although it seems more from her statement that she was suggesting a boycott. I think that... I think, wait, I think people are basically saying, let's not, let's not lend, you know, don't, don't watch the telecast. And if you're an actor, actress of color, don't go. Um, And, and to that point and the point you just made, I have been, you know, it's been rolling around in my mind, the same thing you just said. Well, is that effective to the cause because of the things you just mentioned, it gives you an opportunity to potentially, you know, make comments. They're obviously going to get interviewed on the red carpet, um, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then also the reason why I think it's potentially ineffective in this particular year are for the reasons I just cited about the material that came out this past year and how many, uh, roles and or movies and or you know opportunities direct were there for people of color that should legitimately be considered this year right and so um personally i think straight out of compton was robbed of a best yeah. picture nomination uh, yeah and i've heard a lot of people make that comment as well um going to your issue of the use of the word boycott though um absolutely no pun intended here but let's call a spade a spade because whether or not you use the term boycott, if you're saying to people, I'm not going to go because of this, and you know by your action because of the role or because of the status that you have in in the filmmaking community and maybe more so in the African-American community, that as a role model, other people will follow suit, you are in essence, you know, boycotting I mean, I don't know. It seems like a semantic. Yeah, no, I follow you. That's very true. I mean, it is. I mean, and it also makes me question their conviction about what they're saying. Jada, if you want to boycott, be bold about it and say, let's boycott. I mean, don't hide, you know, don't get hide behind words and, you know, the parsing of them or whatever. It's like, no. But there's also the other side of this. Going Going back to your example earlier about Obama's interview and using the N word. Right. Someone can say something and then the press can pick it up and characterize it as something that you weren't saying. I'm putting I'm taking Jada Jada's statement off the table because I think she was actually suggesting a boycott, even though she didn't say boycott. In the right. case of Spike, I honestly believe, and I just read something that he's he talked about this morning and said, I never said boycott. And and you know. Spike is a whole conversation that you can have, you know, he's a very complicated man. I don't agree with everything he has to say, but I do know that, you know, his, he, what he has to say often spurs controversy and people will characterize 
some of the things he says in a way that he didn't necessarily mean. And I legitimately believe that his intention was to say, I'm not happy about this. And because I'm not happy, I'm not going. And that was the end of it. I don't think he was really suggesting that everybody shouldn't go. Then why make it public? Why not just don't go? Because he was angry and he wanted to say he was angry and he wanted to it, say, well, and also too, he, he, he was also, he, he also received an award. I understand that. In, in November. And so he was going to be invited to the ceremony specific to that. And he wanted to say to the Academy, which he did, he thanked the Academy for his award. I know, but he made that letter public. He could have Correct. sent a private yeah. letter to the Academy Saying everything but he wanted he to make a statement. No, 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 I think he should make it public. I'm not saying he shouldn't make it. He wanted to make the, just because he wanted to make his feelings public does not mean he's saying nobody watch or nobody go. And No, you're right. I know it. My point is he knows the influence that he has on the people who follow him. He knows that if he makes a public statement, regardless of how diplomatic he puts it, the act of making that statement is going to cause a movement in the direction of what he's doing. So, when so, that's so right. should he? I'm yeah, like should he acquiesce and, and just no, go along no. the racist thing? Because no, it's no, like- I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just speaking to Yo's point that he sincerely wasn't telling people to boycott. I'm saying I think that's BS because. Whether or not you specifically say boycott, if you if yeah, careful, you, Ron, because here's the thing. No, that, let me but, finish. Let me finish. All right, all right. Let me finish. If you are Spike Lee and you publicly say, regardless of how nice diplomatic you say it, that you are not going to the Oscars because of this, yes, you are not telling people to go out and boycott, but by the nature of who you are in the industry and the reputation that you have, you know that the message is going to be. Don't go to the Oscars. And by that nature, do you really think that if Spike wanted people or wanted to say boycott, he would have shied away from saying no, boycott? No, I don't. After? Yeah. No, I, I agree with you, Yo. I, I agree that I don't think he was trying to make a a formidable or an overt uh, campaign for people to boycott. I'm saying at best, it's naive for him to think th- that putting out a public letter is not going to have the same effect as if he did say boycott. But I, I think it's, I think it's, and, and, uh, I'm not, and I'm not making, I'm not making a, um, I'm not making a, uh, a judgment call whether or not what he did was good or not. I think I, I commend him for, I read the I letter, think, but I, I don't you think it's kind of unfair, like to, no, to put that on his shoulders, because the thing no. is this, if, the, if there's something that you don't agree with, like we talked about earlier, where I said, you know, hey, I, I don't have a problem with the comic crossing the line, but if they do cross the line and I don't like what they're saying, I don't have to go buy their ticket. I don't have to go watch them at a show or I don't have to go to the Academy Awards if I don't like what they're doing. And, it, and, and if somebody asked me about it in an interview and I tell them I'm not going. That's different. It, it, That's different. What? He, this was a letter he wrote yeah. and he made public. But did he do that letter? But but did he do the letter first? What do you mean did he do it first? Did did the letter just come out of nowhere? It was on his Facebook page. I understand that. But all but like Yolanda said, he, he was receiving nominations. Right. But he also received an award, didn't he? Yeah, in, in the fall, yes. in November. Right. I'm just, all I'm just saying is this. What I'm saying is that I don't know that the onus is all on him to, okay, well, now I have to go because otherwise it's going to be perceived a certain way. No, I'm, I'm like, 
I'm not saying well, what that. You, I'm, I'm lost okay. to your point there. Because okay. it sounds, let me try to rephrase what you're saying and, and make sure I ha- understand you clearly. Yeah. Because it sounds to me like you're saying, because Spike knows the influence he has in our culture, just by the virtue of him saying, I'm not going or writing a letter saying, I'm dis- displeased with what's going on. So therefore, I won't be attending that. That that is a, a call to arms for everybody not to attend because of who he is. No, okay. close, not exactly. What I'm saying is, I was reacting to Yo's comment that Spike genuinely wasn't trying to do a call to arms. I'm saying for someone of Spike's stature, influence, and reputation, he has to know that if he makes it public that he's not going to do something and he makes the reason why it's akin to a call to arms, whether or not he's overtly doing it. Now it may be unfair, but it's like when it's kind of like when, you know, popular sports stars say, I'm not a role model. I'm just playing the sport. I can't, it's like, right. No, you know that when you are the number one draft pick, that the things you do are going to influence the other high school kids that follow you. You can't just say, Oh, I'm not a role model. Like you, to me, I you abdicate. You abdicate that responsibility. Right. I just think that once that's... you become a person of influence and popularity and fame, and so I commend Spike for for doing what he did. I'm not saying what he did was wrong or bad or anything. I'm not judging what he did. I'm judging the context that what he did wasn't a call to arms, and I'm saying at best it's naive to think that for someone like him to do that and not expect it to be received as a call to arms uh, to me i think that's naive i, I would disagree i just uh, only in the disagree sense with that? because i'll tell you why because yeah, it's like he, he's just saying i'm not down with this and i'm telling you why but, and but he why said, make it public but wait but wait but why no because he because of like exactly what you said he what? knows he's a role model and this is like how he chooses to live his life and what he thinks is important and maybe other people will choose to do what he's doing but that's different than saying okay now we're all not riding the bus I we're gonna make a, a strategic. I, but uh, why make it public? He's sitting there. He writes this list. Why not? Who, who's the academy? That I mean, why I think not? He made it <laughs> it's public like, because he wanted to make public his displeasure with the state of things. Okay. I can and see that. Also say, and this is why I won't be at the Oscars this year. I mean, any other year, he didn't need to say. He wouldn't need to say, I'm not going to be at the Oscars because he doesn't go to the Oscars. He doesn't get invited to the Oscars. He was going to be invited this year because he received an honor. He, oh, he was going because he got he was going because he got the honorary award. I was just saying, like, you know, take it out of the context of the Academy and say that. Say that, you know, if, if I said something that you didn't like and you didn't want to come to a dinner party because, you know, it'd be, maybe it's a, you know, you just, you were mad because I said something, whatever. You might not be trying to boycott me for life or ban whatever, but you're just like, I'm just not down with this party right now. And I don't want to go. And, and be- because of your influence, you know, you're, you know that you're an example for people. And hey, if you feel like I do, maybe you want to do something like this. That doesn't mean, that's a, that's a long stretch to say this is a boycott. I mean, that, that's a long stretch from walking on a bridge and getting rocks thrown at your head and, you know, it's on boycott. I mean, you got to be careful about you throw words around because I don't. I, I know, well, I'm I not saying he's saying boycott. I'm not. Let me be clear. I'm not saying he's you're saying, saying that. Not, but 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 let's not parse words. Just right. like you said about Jada. Yeah. I mean, you said, well, he's naive to think that other people aren't going to blah, blah, blah. Well, that's that kind of getting into boycotty territory. And I'm like, OK, um, if, if that's what it is, then I'm cool with it. If he's saying I'm going to set an example. Let's not call it a boycott. Mm-hmm. But if I'm setting an example for other people of my ilk who agree with me 
that this is you, you know this is a party we're not down for because it's too it, it shaded a certain particular color too much then and I'm not going then so be it and I mean I have no problem with that I, I mean and I actually like it that he did it not at you know not at first of all I think the the argument's wrong I think that all this boycotting the, the Academy Awards is kind of silly because getting back to what Yolanda said nothing's gonna change we've been talking about Spike Lee since 1988 when he got robbed for do the right thing right. it's like. There's, this racism argument comes around, it seems like, every year. And, and it did. only comes up at the academy. That's not where it needs to come up. It needs to come up with the, the studios and who they're hiring, what they're doing. And again, he would never be commenting about not going to the Academy Awards because Spike doesn't go. He doesn't go. But he was going to be invited this year. And so he was saying, He's not I'm good. going because of this reason. Okay, so, so I understand. So you're saying... He specifically was making it public because he normally never goes and he was invited to go. So it would be essentially publicly obvious that someone who was invited wasn't there. And he was. They're probably going to make mention of his award during the ceremony and and he's not going to go. And so he's addressing (laughs) it. He's preempting the discussion by saying, this is why I'm not going. Well, yes, to a degree. I mean, but I think his main goal was to express his displeasure about the circumstances. Okay, so I can I can feel that. Um, that's all the more reason why I think he should go because I agree. I, I mean, agree. I I mean, I agree with you. But you guys have both said that it needs to happen at the studio level, but changes at that level can happen. When you have a public forum and if he especially if he was going to be able to be on stage and accepting that award. You know what? I have to send you this article because the reason why I'm bringing up these points is I literally just read it this morning. But because I think he was just interviewed to on this specific topic this morning. But he gave a very great speech. There was a ceremony for him to receive this award. I believe it was in November of last year. And he actually fully addressed the topic of, you know, diversity and making change about the decision makers. And J.D., you would really love it because he made he gave an example of what the NFL has done and and put in place a mandate in the NFL where when teams have an opening for a coaching position, a head coaching position, they're required to interview an African-American coach or a coach of color. I think it's African-American, but so they're required to at least interview somebody. And so it's made changes and now there's, you know, a good number of African American head coaches in the league. And anyway, he addressed the issue of diver- diversity apparently in his his acceptance speech at the ceremony earlier. It was, you know, re- and I was like, "Oh, this is, you know, this sounds very cool. I this is along the lines of, you know, the kinds of measures that should be put in place to help create change." And to your point, I think it would have been fantastic if he did attend the the ceremony and, and make those points. Although I don't believe he was going to be getting up on stage anyway, so who knows? Yeah, but he would have been interviewed on the red carpet. Correct. Yeah, yes. and and Ryan Coogler, I assume, is going to be interviewed on the red carpet. And it just Elba, if he's there, I imagine he would be interviewed. And I think yes. Yeah. yeah, and he just spoke to Parliament in England, from what I understand, like last week or, right, or right. this week earlier. So, so, um, so there is an audience either on the red carpet or the stage or behind the scenes or whatnot where people of color can, in a 
you know, intelligent, eloquent manner, make a case for like what you said, like, you know, it's not, and maybe even ingratiate themselves to the Academy in a sense where you say, you know, the Academy is made up of predominantly Caucasian people who are of certain age, and we can't necessarily expect them to vote for people who they can't necessarily relate to. And and a lot of and in a lot of cases with the Academy, it's not even so much that they don't relate to it; it's that they don't watch all the screeners that they get. <laughs> right. right. I told, hey, I just saw Larry Wilmore last night, and they were talking about. It. They're joking about it. They're saying like, you know, they said instead of straight out of Compton, this is straight back to Compton. They put it right back in the mailbox and sent it right back to Compton because we ain't watching this movie. And that's kind of like, you know, that it's a funny yeah. joke, but that's you know, it's true. So it's like <laughs> if they're looking at the ballot and they see, you know, uh, a name that they recognize, and they know it's the director that they like, you know, they. They see, you know, Matt Damon and, you know, because I'm voting, I'm voting tomorrow uh, for the PGA uh, awards. Right. So. That's PGA calling now. Yeah. yeah. Yolanda, who did you vote for? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. I'm going to hang up on them so we can. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm voting I, you know, we have our voting deadline for the Producers Guild Awards tomorrow. Just turn the, the ringer on. Just go it. right to me. <laughs> Let me do you it. do it. And so I'm furiously trying to get through all the movies so that I can vote properly. And JD and I had a conversation. Um, JD and I had a conversation, you know, over couple weeks ago where I said, you know, I'm not going to vote in a category where I haven't seen all of the entries, you know, but I think you're right. I think there's probably people who, who do. Right. And so like, if you're on, if you're a spike or whoever, and you're on the red carpet and one, you're acknowledging that the issue really isn't the Academy. It's, you know, the opportunities that are given people of color and, you know, I'm here to, because you know, for whatever reason, I appreciate the Academy giving me this award, but I want to make a point to say that I almost didn't come because of this, but I wanted to address this issue and I thought it was important for people to know. I just think there are lost opportunities when um, high-profile uh, filmmakers, actors of color um, don't use the um, the platform that they will be given to be able to to make a statement. Right. No, I hear you. I totally agree with that. And I actually think personally... I think if I were in that situation, I would go. But I also have their back if they don't. I understand it, you know. So it's like right, and I do too. I I do too. Again, I, just to be clear, I, my old my only th- issue with Spike's public letter was that it seems a little disingenuous to say that, either disingenuous or naive to say that when you put out a public letter about not going to the Oscars, that people won't take it as a uh, a subconscious. Call, well, I, uh, I would suggest to go back and read the letter again. I will. I will. I mean, I will. I mean. There's yeah. stuff in it that I feel like is misplaced. Like, for instance, I don't agree with the focus. First of all, I don't agree with the focus on people being given awards in the first place. Oh, really? I, think it, I think the focus should, again, be upon the landscape of the industry and how many opportunities there are for people of color to, to do their art in the business. But secondly, second to that, I think I I was not overly uh, excited about putting the focus on the 20 acting nominations only. Like, I mean, 
that another thing that Yolanda and I talked about was I just got through we taped the uh, Emmys <laughs> and I just got through watching the Emmys from God I think it was September right and uh, the thing that I realized about that is like in some of those categories they have eight nominees for like acting or whatever and in my mind it's like you know like take straight out of Compton just just to be nominated is you know giving recognition the, the, the academy brought this problem on itself they could have just simply squashed it by just throwing them into the mix like hey let's just put them in there and you know and then for best picture and that that's great I mean the, the funny thing about the academy is they make up their own rules it's not like some the grand supreme overlord has decreed that there could only be five actors or five I mean the, the Emmys have a, a multitude of numbers depending on what's going on that year I saw a lot of categories where they had six or seven or eight, and I'm and, and which kind of shocked me because I'm like, well, well, damn, if the Emmys could do it, why can't the Oscars do it? Yeah, I mean, another thing that irks you know, so then you would you just to nominate somebody, which isn't going to hurt anyone, it's like, okay, at least people are being recognized for the work that they're doing in this subjective competition that we have going on. You know, that would clear that would clear up a lot of stuff. Another thing I don't like, and I've always this is more my gripe with the Academy, is I hate that they don't have a comedy category. I think there's so many comics. I know that, the Martian like, it, would have killed in that category. That right, I know it would have been outstanding. <laughs> and you know, and so it's like you know, you look at some like Eddie Murphy or right. you know Don Knotts for God's sake, or whoever Bob Hope. All, way back when, they never had a comedy category, and there's so many actors that can do things that these Jim talented Carey. dramatic actors can't do. Yeah, and so so you know Jim Carrey. You know, you know I love Robert De Niro, but he's not doing what Jim Carrey does, and vice versa. So I mean, there there really needs to be you know I, I just feel like this rigid okay there's no comedy and there can only be five people and oh, oh now we're going to open up the the best picture to 10 possibly or whatever we determine it, it's funny how loose they are with the the best picture when it was really stringent you know a decade ago now it's loosey-goosey apparently and you know where they could have just slipped you know uh straight of compton in there but for whatever reason they didn't and well, you know, i think you- there's some kind of well, it's not like it's one person making a decision and they're deciding against it. I mean, there's 7,000 some odd members who all vote on Best Picture. And so I think there's a formula that's used to determine. But, right. right. I understand that. But I'm just saying, for but when you're habitually looked at as this racist organ, you know, having this racial problem, you might, if you're the leader of that organization, you might say, hey, let's just, you know, just. But to, only if they feel like it's worthy, though. But, but I or think worth some. It. Yeah. Right, but which, I think which, by the way, it very much was. But I think it probably goes back to what we said: is probably a lot of people didn't see the movie, and right. pro- probably what happens because I think in the best picture category with that ballot, enough people have to put. So basically, on that ballot, I believe what happens um, because I've seen it before is that you know you put you write down in in your priority order those pictures that you deem should be in the best picture category and then like you say ron they use whatever formula and and basically probably what happened is not enough people wrote in straight out of compton for it to be included within the up to 10 nominees because probably a lot of people didn't even ever see it look and i totally get that but we also understand that we're operating in a system where nobody watches all the films and it's a subjective thing. And you're in a, a thing where you have 94% white who are right. average age of 63 and 77% are, are men. So if you're not going to try to address the issue, then don't – then you get all the hate mail coming at you because you're <laughs> obviously not doing something right. And it's like if that – if the, you know, if you're going to uh, uh, say, hey, well, we use the formula. I mean, you know, then that's on you. 
and you know, make it work. I mean, again, you make you are the organization. You can make up the rules as you see fit. And if there's a problem, it would be nice to see that you're at least acknowledging that problem and trying to work towards a solution. But just to throw your hands up in the air and say, "Hey, it's a formula." We don't know, you know, it's a formula that's dictated by the 94% white people, which happened to 77% happen to be men. Yeah. And, you know, 63% happen to be over or, or whatever. The average age is over 63. I mean, that's problematic. And if you're not going to try to address that, then th- this is what you get. This, this is what you get. You can't have it both ways. So everybody's going to be flaming on you because you're an old racist crusty. You're, you have the appearance of being crusty and red, which is crazy because, you know, you got some of the most progressive people – you know, are in the academy. So it's just, right. it's just this funny thing that, you know, it's like, well, you can't just throw your hands up in the air and wipe, you know, or wipe your hands clean and say, hey, it's the formula. Yeah. You, know, that, you know, it's just the formula. Um, uh, because Chris- if they need a formula then to make it representative of all people. In other words, if you're going to go by a formula sake, then, you know, 13 percent of our population is African-American, but, but only 2 percent of the academy is is black. So why don't you make a formula that makes that gets the academy 13 percent black? We could start there. And then also with Latino, 70%, 17% for Hispanic. Do that because I'm looking at only 2% right now. And then Asian American is, I believe, 5%, and we're getting only 0.5. And you mentioned, you mentioned the, um, the Martian, which I loved. I thought it was, it was a great movie. I love that flick. But a funny thing about that is two of the main characters were uh, – actually, they gave it to uh, – uh, what, what's my man? Uh, that was the brother. Chow, every, every yeah, time. yeah. He he was actually uh, there's an Indian guy that in the book is an Indian dude. Right, right. And I'm wondering like, well, why didn't they get an Indian? I mean, if, if Indian folks should be mad about that. And then the uh, I'm sure the girl. Just, I know. And then the girl that discovered that he was on the planet and still alive was a Korean woman. In the, in the book, and they and they and, and I can't even remember who played the woman that found the you know. So they could have put a Korean actress in there, sure, you know, sure. but they didn't. So I mean, and that goes more to like with well, executives and their slick thinking about well, we need this to you know. I don't know for ticket sales or whatever. I don't know, but it, it, you know, putting a Korean woman in that role wouldn't have shifted me from not going to see The Martian or even uh, an Indian guy to you know uh, to take over uh, Chueto's, uh, uh, uh gig. I mean, I would have still went to see The Martian, you know, with Matt Damon and this great sci-fi, you know, adventure. I would have still went to go see the flick. Right. So, right. and that speaks to what Yolanda's taught. I mean, like when you have executives that are making these decisions, and again, they're all white and they're all men, or typically, or a majority of it at the time, that's how it shakes out. This is what you're going to get left with, and you know, it's, it's a side effect. Yeah. Um. Uh. My uh, friend Chris Spencer. You guys know Chris Spencer. I don't know if you know him, but yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's a, uh, for those listening, he, uh, he's actually an old friend of mine from high school, but he's, uh, one of the co-creators of Real Husbands of Hollywood and he's a comedian and writer and whatnot. He posted on his Instagram, which I thought was interesting and kind of speaks to what, what you're, what you're saying. Um, it's, it's a comic of Batman slapping Robin and like Robin saying, once again, the Oscars have snubbed the black people from dot, dot, dot. And then Batman says, shut up. Stop begging them to accept you and build your own damn platform. And I think that kind of speaks to what you were just saying, J.D., that the Academy is a platform in essence that is created by the people who are in the statistics that you mentioned. And to expect a platform with that dynamic to make all the kind of changes, like to make sure that, you know, they have 17% black people in their academy and that they have whatever percentage Asians or whatnot. And that, uh, 
Oscar nominations all pan out is unrealistic and probably a waste of time as opposed to, you know, I think one of the comments he put in his Instagram was that we have our own awards. Some of them even get better ratings than the Oscars. So, you know, you, ha- I mean, it's the, it's the kind of issues that you talked about that get you stations and networks like BET, for instance, where you can start seeing uh, a highly respected and prestigious award given to people of color because they're creating their own platforms in order to do that. Yeah. I mean, do you, I mean, that's essentially what that was essentially Jada Pinkett Smith's message and, you know, in her video and uh, going back to your question of wouldn't it have been better for perhaps her to attend and say that in an interview on the red carpet she made the point, well, we just should not go to those things because we should create our own, you know, yeah. our own, you know, accolades and our own. I think if we should she, do both. If she, on, we if do she both. only knew, if she only knew some well-established African-American actors that had a lot of money that could maybe start something like that, that would be awesome. Right. Maybe one day she'll run into somebody like that and maybe. then they can, she can spearhead doing something like that. I mean, I've heard I've heard that same stuff since you know 1989 with with spikes again going back to do the right thing. We hear this stuff all the time every year, and it's like I, I don't know. I'm, I'm I almost get burned out talking about it. Well, and it's interesting too that we've gone backwards seemingly. Like George Clooney's response was, you know, we were doing better than this ten years ago, and I actually watched. Um, maybe a year or so ago, there's a documentary and I really wish I was remembering the name of it, but it was a documentary about girls and women and the messaging of, you know, women in corporate America. Oh, I think it's misrepresentation. Yes. Misrepresentation. And interestingly in that part of the message in that documentary was statistically, in recent history, we have gone backwards. There are far, there's far less representation of females in, you know, for instance, our, our U.S. House of Representatives and in the Senate than there was prior. And, and so we seem to be stepping backward. And th- that's true also in the entertainment industry. The numbers of women directing and producing, specifically directing, and, you know, uh, who work in camera and all sort, you know, across the board have diminished over time, which is strange. And the same thing is happening, you know, from an ethnic standpoint as well. I mean, we could do a whole other hour on, you know, what we think might be behind that phenomenon, you know. What phenomenon? The oh. phenomenon of going backwards. Going backwards, right. Yeah. Yeah. walking to... Were you saying you saw statistics that shows that that with regards to people of color, we've gone backwards? Yes. Hmm. Interesting. In terms like, of what, like, specifically? Like, in terms of the number of... George Clooney's point. He said we were doing better 10 years ago, you know, and if... The number of... Like, what does better mean? Like, there was more people of color working in the industry, more people getting nominated, like... Yes, yes. I mean, yeah, certainly just, not to any large degree, but still better than what we seem to be doing now. Right, but it seemed, I guess the 
point was that, you know, a decade ago, it seemed like things were slowly starting to get better. And then, you know, there was that shift. And then now it's like swung back to where it's like, okay, now we're backsliding. Uh, you know, I do, though, want to really emphasize the point that I, when all of this started coming up, sparked initially by Spike and then almost immediately then on the heels of Spike by Jada Pinkett Smith, I was immediately frustrated personally that we were having a conversation about awards because, mm-hmm. again, it's a, these are awards. It, it's, yes, um, David Ayelowo made a comment of maybe it seemingly isn't so important, but it, this is the, you know, the zenith of our industry and the highest honor of excellence in your work. And so we do hold it as something important. But And so I get that. But, again, it's like you're talking about an award, whereas – I feel like, again, what needs to be addressed is what is leading. What is the cause? What is the causation of there not being, you know, people being nominated? And I think it's really about people of color not having the opportunities because the work is not out there, i.e. take one look at what happened with The Revenant. I think to be fair, though, I think the reason why it comes up with reward with rewards with awards is because that is the inciting incident to start a discussion. Like there needs to be something to actually get the discussion going. So I, so right. like it's I, the cat, it's the catalyst. Exactly, it. perfect. So I mean, I mean like, but if yeah. there were if there wasn't an award where everybody nominated was white, what would start the conversation to get people to start? hiring more people of color like you know what i'm saying yes yes and i agree so the fact that there's no one of color nominated put a spotlight no pun intended pun intended <laughs> right on the issue <laughs> very However, good movie by the way one it was a very good movie yeah but now that the spotlight has been shined upon this particular circumstance in this particular year, I think what bothers me to a degree is the fact that the discussion seems entirely focused on the, on the nominees themselves as opposed right. to what brought about the situation. Okay. So, like, the catalyst happened, but the discussion is the wrong discussion. Exactly. Like yeah. Because heavy. the thing is, we're having a conversation about these specific nominees this year, and David Oyelowo, who I very much respect him as a person and his work, I think he's a very talented actor, you know, he made comment about no one being nominated this year, and then he used some adjective like, you know, it's a travesty or something. He didn't say travesty, but something along those lines that that this year it happened again. And my comment to that is, again, I definitely think there's an argument for a few performances that could have replaced the people who were nominees. However, you know, there's a strong enough argument on the opposing side. I don't necessarily know for if I would say you know, somebody was definitely robbed. I mean, there's some years that people are, you know, clearly robbed of a nomination. And I don't think that happened this year. Other than right. Straight Outta Compton, which I think got robbed of Best Picture. I think that definitely was a robbery. And also, I think the acting category, because the cat that played Easy e was dope. He yeah, was he a, was great. He, he was, was great. And I, really that's good. all I heard about, about that film. But was the like, thing- yeah. 
actor, the acting really, was... um, in both, I will say this in the, in the lead actor and the supporting actor categories, there are all very strong performances in there. There might be one, maybe two that I think are interchangeable with a, one or two, um, performances by people of color, mm. but I don't begrudge the nominations that came out based upon the available films that are worthy of consideration this year. And whether or not the Academy even watched them. Exactly. Which in a lot of cases, like, right. like I mean, to JD's point, the whole share of the Compton joke, I would say is a very strong possibility that those, you know, over 63-year-old white men probably didn't have interest of in watching Straight Outta Compton. And which is really sad. I mean, it's indicative because it's nominated for writing and it... um you know, the performances are really, really good and the cultural significance. I mean, I could give so and, many and arguments Gary about... Gary Gray, the direction. I mean, he could, I could have been nominated. I could give so many arguments about what I feel makes it worthy for best picture consideration. And typically, a writing nomination is very indicative of how good the film is overall. Right. Now, it got nominated for writing because probably those people in the writing... Uh, uh, section of the Academy, probably a good number of those people watch the movie. But then once that's done, then it's opened up to the full membership and the full membership and that larger contingent, probably a lot of people didn't watch it and didn't put it up for, you know, best picture. And and another irony, and I don't know what this really means, if it means anything, but the two writers from Shadow Compton were white. There's There's more than two. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. is there more? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. the two that I saw yeah. that everybody keeps touting is yeah. two, and I mean. Yeah. Yeah. All the people nominated for writing for Straight Out of Compton are, none of them are people of color. Yes. That Where's, was my point. Yeah. Thank Where's you for shitting, shitting on my point, but thank you. <laughs> uh, which in itself and, and is was, interesting, considering. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just interesting. In this year, in this climate, now all the controversy, uh, it's very funny that this this movie, Straight Out the Hood, the, the people that get nominated are, are not people of color. Well, and going back to my point, the people who were engaged to render writing services for the film happened to all not be of people of color. And so this worthy piece got nominated, but it just so happens that none of them are of color because none of the people who were engaged to write the movie are of color. Right. And, and speaking to Yolanda's piece, like it's indicative. Writers, it's say. indicative of how good the piece is that they have this great writing nominated. But then I, I, it makes me wonder. Well, wow! But I guess the direction was not good enough to hold up to the standard of the writing, and the story that was told was not good enough. Even though this writing gets a nomination, I always find that kind of odd because you know you're you're talking about the storytelling, and it, it kind of says, well, the storytelling of, that the writers did was great, but the direction eh, didn't really hold up to the writing. Or wasn't worthy to be nominated. And to me, that's where I get back to my point. Have six nominees. Have seven. Have whatever you want. Just open it up. I mean, if I if you ran the Academy, Ron, I gave you a mandate and said, look, Ron, your organization has a problem. You have 94% white, 77% men, 2% black, 2% Latino, 0.5% Asian or native combined. You have a problem. And my mandate to you is to fix it. How do you fix it? Yeah, but... If I'm made up of those statistics, it don't matter. You're, I don't feel you like I the have the problem. I'm just saying you run the organization. Oh, I'm not I talking about it. the members. I'm saying you as an organization run. 
you are the president of right. the academy. I need you to fix this. Maybe do something where you stream the movies and, and you take the equal number. Like you, you have to validate everybody's seen the films. So you can't have three, you know, uh, if, if 10,000 people have viewed, you, you know, spies on a bridge, but only, you know, 500 have viewed straight out of Compton, that, that there's a problem there. Yeah, yeah. And then you got to make sure, okay, okay, well, we're going to fix this where you you have to stream it. And if you don't stream it, then you're not going to be able to vote or or there there has to be some or if you watch it on a DVD, then, you know, you have to have your email to show that you actually watched the movie when you click accept on the DVD or I don't know what the solution is, but there's got to be steps taken so that they know (laughs) that people have watched it, you know, or there's a question. No, I'm just kidding. You know, you get a questionnaire at the end of the movie. Did <laughs> what happened in the first act? What happened? In the second? I mean, something <laughs> yeah. to validate that people have watched these things. Because again, right. to all our points, you know, it could be a thing where you know everybody's watching, you know, uh, Brooklyn, and, and but then nobody's watching, you know, Creed or what? You know, it, yeah. it's just one of those crazy things where well, enough people watched it to nominate uh, Sylvester Stallone. Interestingly, yes, that's <laughs> another interesting query. That you know, I mean, uh, to me that to me that's like one of the biggest snobs. Like a snub, sorry, is that he, man, Coogler? Uh, he like reinvigorated this whole franchise. Yeah, you know, and, and especially with a franchise that just kind of got burned into the ground. With Rocky, I don't even know where it stopped. It was Rocky six, six or eight. Rocky six, which was you, supposed to be really good. Actually, argument, you have to say, if you're going to posit that argument, then you have to say which person comes out to put him in, or like you said, you've got to put I'm, more. Stuff. My whole argument is put. Yeah, just open up the. Just open it up. I'm not saying, hey, let let 50 people into the category. That's not my argument. But there is a threshold that I think everybody could kind of agree upon. Oh yeah, Kugler did a good job. Let's put him in. You know that or whatever. I mean, we're adding one more. We're adding two more slots. I mean, they do it for the best picture. I mean, nobody's nobody's verklempt about that. It's fine. It, it, they get, you know, they, they, hey, we had one year, we had 10. One year, we have eight, whatever. Do the same thing for all the other categories. And then, you know what? Half of this controversy just blows away. Because then people say, okay, at least they're recognizing us. They see us. And, 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 and that will alleviate some of the problem. But, again, it, to me, it goes back to statistics, man. If I had an organization and my organization makeup looked like that, I think there's a problem with how they're letting people in the organization who's actually viewing the movies and being able to vote. You know, if they're going to keep the if they're going to keep the numbers the way that they are, then they need to do something with the voting so that people have to have had watched the films if they're actually vote all the films uh, or the same number of films had to or the films had to be watched the same number of times so that there's an equal so they have an equal share in the voting process. Because again, if you have ten thousand people watching Spies on a Bridge, which I right. thought was a good movie, uh, sorry, Bridge of Spies, sorry, Bridge of Spies, <laughs> right? Um, then you have to have the same same people watch Straight Out of Compton, or Compton Straight Out of whatever you call it, right? Out of Compton Straight, right? right. Speaking of Yoda, ah <laughs> uh, uh, shit, we're gonna have to have a Star Wars discussion next time. Okay, yeah, um, about regarding. Oh, just well, I, I want to talk to you guys about what you thought of the film. If you thought it lived up to its expectations, um, got you theories. Um, something a little bit less heavy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I call you Dawes. That's right. Do you remember why I call you Dawes, man? It's short for Dawson. No, or well, that, but there's a a catch to it. Oh, it's the catch. Was it? Was I'm it, afraid was to ask. It's, it's, uh, there's a old there, there's a book that came out in the 70s called uh, Spook the South by the Door and it's uh, about a 
FBI, uh-huh. uh, a black man that gets trained by the FBI. Uh-huh. And then he starts a revolution, uh, a race war basically in America after he got all this training from the FBI. And, uh, so I, and Dawes is one of the characters in the book, so I call you Dawes. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> um, See, you forgot that. Like I forgot, like I was the spark for you to do your jump – uh, to to get started as a, a filmmaker, I don't think you ever told me that. Story. I did tell you that. I, I told I, you. I've never seen that movie. Well, we had screenplay. Yeah, I know. You, okay. It's something you just blew off. You were acting like an Academy member, and so okay, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. Hey. Uh, going over there in the corner with your trifles. That's funny, cute. Mm, that's, that's that's cute. <laughs> That's it for this bonus episode of Radio Film School. Remember, you can always find us at RadioFilmSchool.com, on Twitter at Radio Film School. You can follow me at FM, And be sure, please, leave a rating and review in iTunes if you like what we're doing. And as I like to end every show, if the story sucks, I don't care what you shot it with or cut it on. Have a great Oscar weekend, folks. I will, I will, I will, I will, I will.